With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Steeler fans, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the BTSC postgame show. The Steelers win 16-14 in week 15 against the Carolina Panthers. Down That's not the right score. Six, what is it? You said 16-14. Oh I'm still 20, last week. 24-16. Thank you, Dave. For the correction, I'm, I seriously, that game last week really messed with me. But anyways, <laughs> they win this week, move their record to 6-8 and eight on the schedule, and they're getting ready for the Raiders, but we're going to talk about this game in depth. Joining me as always, Dave Schofield. What's going on, Dave? Hey, I'm excited. This was a fun game to watch. I felt that the Steelers dominated this game pretty well. I also feel like there was a, a couple bonehead, well, more, more. I don't want to say a couple, at least one bonehead thing that made this thing a little bit closer than it should have been. But, uh, man, when you have a team that struggled to stop the run the way they did, do what they did this week, you, you've got to feel much better following this game than you have for a while. Agreed. Brian Davis, welcome to the show. Gentlemen, what do I ask for every single week? It's a complete game. You got a complete game today. I feel so good. If I was a rabbit, my smile would be ear to ear and it would be all the way up here. So much bigger than it actually is right now because that's how happy I am right now. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Sean Manahan gives us an early $2. Thank you very much. He said 12 of 16 on third downs. We will be talking Huge. about that third down offense that is remarkable. I think since the bye week, 
They're one of only, I think I heard on the TV, they're only one of two teams that is uh, over 50% uh, on third down conversion rate since their week nine buy. So that's pretty interesting stuff there. That's a stat geek thing there. Uh, I told but- you I'm going to be diving <laughs> into that this week. I already know that I'm diving in to the, to the third down stats. So our, as we always start the show, win, lose, or draw, we start with knee-jerk reactions. Dave, we'll start with you. Go ahead. Um, you run the ball, you stop the run. When you'd have two teams that you know are wanting to run the ball and you're the team that does it and the other team can't, that's how you win. This this is exactly what the Steelers didn't get last week, but this isn't about last week. This is now about this week, and it's what they did. The defense did the job. It was a little bit frustrating seeing them forcing some third and longs early in the game, only for then the pass defense to come up short. But uh, I I think they've remedied that pretty well in the second half, especially by getting to the quarterback. And uh, other than the penalties in the second half, I thought they really did a nice job uh, completing the the whole game and adjusting some things uh, where they struggled, you know, somewhat struggled in the first half. All right, Brian, what's your knee-jerk reaction? It is about last week, Dave, and here's the reason. Because they looked in the mirror, they realized what they did wrong last week. They knew they could not stop the run last week. They had an equally good running team this week in Shuba Hubbard and Deontay Foreman, who should have run them over, and they did not. They, Like we talked about before we got on the show, Larry O came up big in this game. The whole, the rushing defense, they were swarming from the get-go. They did everything they needed to do on offense as well. They went back to basics. They had a good game plan. I feel really good. That's why I think they took last week and they took it to heart and they said, all right, here's where we went wrong. Here's where we're going to go. Right. In the, uh, the, the game recap that I write for every game, I, I said that the Steelers dominated the Panthers and I stand by that. They dominated this game. And if it weren't for Marcus Allen's and we'll, we'll talk about that. Trust me. Yeah. His, we already got a, we already got a super chat for it. <laughs> boneheaded idiotic penalty. Uh, this game isn't even close. I mean, but we're not even ta- having these conversations. We're talking about a runaway win in my opinion. And even when you tack on that 52 yard field goal with only 19 seconds left, it's a smart play for the, by, by the Panthers because you need to get the ball back and you need to score. So you might as well do that. But I thought this was a great performance all across the board minus a few things. It's I think, Brian, Dave, someone said it was most a complete win of the season. I agree with that. And Tom Muir gives us $6. He said a dollar for each win. Fantastic job with massive drives that ate the clock up. The best part was finishing touchdowns, finishing with touchdowns instead of field goals. Yes, they were three for three in the red zone. Evgeny Crosby gives us four ninety nine. said the Marcus Allen penalty was the stupidest play I've seen in all my 32 years of watching football. Uh, let's go to uh, well. Runner. Was that even a play? No, it was a dead ball. Foul. Mean, that's the thing. I mean, I agree with you. It was Evgeny. Agree yeah. with you. That that was just so stupid because it was beyond the play. That's even what's made it so stupid. I'm sorry. We'll get to it. Runner Delgado yeah. gives us 4.99. Entire offense and defensive line deserve A's. The secondary, on the other hand, different story in my opinion. Yeah, I mean the secondary certainly. <sighs> Did have some issues at times, and I, mm-hmm. again, we'll we'll get to that. And then yeah. L. M. Arthur Steele gives us four ninety nine. Bigger 
bigger Momo, Marcus Allen, or dude that ran the wrong way for Chicago. I didn't see that play. Also, is there a post-Christmas Eve podcast? I appreciate you three stallions. Let's go. There will be a post-game. Oh, it's a special one. It won't be us. Do we want to announce that? I think we should because I think people are going to really enjoy it. And I'm really happy for these guys that it's going to be their first opportunity that it's going to work out to do it. Yeah, Brian, go ahead and tell everyone what to expect. I'm still going to throw on tentative because things happen because we discussed this a long time ago. I need to confirm completely, but these guys have been chomping on the bit. They've been asking for this. So we are going to have a Christmas Eve down under. So Mm -hmm. grab your Vegemite. So (laughs) hang out with the blokes. Here we go. We're going to have the post-game show. With Matty P, Matt Peverell, and Marky D, Marky Davison. Those guys, they always have something good to stuff in your stocking, and they're going to do it right down under style. For sure. And I, they'll, they'll do a great job because Matty's going to be the, the numbers guy, and he'll recap the stats. Marky's going to. But he's going to give you the passion that you want after yes, a he game. Is. So uh, that'll be a good one. But no, the three of us are not only going to have to be doing other things, also dad duty and getting ready for Christmas day. So it's going to be crazy, but you will have a post game show next week. Thanks for bringing that up. And thank you all for the tips. We appreciate it. So let's get right into the breakdown of this game. We always start on offense. We always start with the quarterback. That's one Mitchell Trubisky. He finishes 17 of 22, 179 yards and 8.1 average did not throw a touchdown, but also did not throw an interception was sacked one time for 10 yards for a 100.4 rating. Gentlemen, what did you think about Mitch Bisky business? Dave, we'll start with you. Well, you, you got to throw in the quarterback sneaks. I mean, yes. one of them even got a touchdown. Yep. Uh, Mike Tomlin talked about it in his press conference afterwards that, hey, when, when you're sitting up in third and manageable where a quarterback sneak gets the job done, you're in a good situation. Trubisky, I mean, he didn't convert on the first attempt into the into the touchdown zone, but he did get the second. I think he was in the first one, personally. Um, but that didn't matter. They still had multiple tries. I like the fact that the infamous – First start by Duck Hodges. He didn't kill us. That's what Mitch Trubisky needed to come back and do this week. He needed to play a clean game. But, man, he it was, what is it, five minutes left in the second quarter before he had an incompletion? Um, yeah. Didn't have to throw the ball much. But also, like Coach Tomlin said, when you've got a good running game that you get that you can lean on, that just makes it so much easier. I thought he did what, what the Steelers needed him to do this week in order to get the victory. For sure. Brian, what were your thoughts on Mitch? Mason Rudolph had a helmet on most of the game. He was standing there waiting. (laughs) He was ready. Mitch Trubisky heard footsteps, knew there were footsteps, knew there was somebody breathing down his neck the entire game, and he proved that you can go very far on a short leash. To me, up until the uh, third quarter, fourth quarter, second half, especially Trubisky's job was really easy because like what Dave said, the third and manageables, Mike Tomlin referenced it in his post-game press conference, but I'll tell you what, in the second half, this guy stood tall and made some really big third down conversions. Both the two that stick out to me are the passes to Deontay Johnson. Um, I think one was a, a third and six. The other one was much longer than that because of a penalty. Uh, so he did come through and, and he's definitely going to find his way a little teaser on my winner's list for my let's ride podcast on money. Cause he played a great game and you know that it's insane to me how so many fans on social media, Twitter, mainly they always want to make this about the quarterback and they always want to compare things. Like 
can't we just root for the Steelers just one time? Just who cares who's a quarterback? Let's just hope they win. Mitch Trubisky played a great game. Whether you like Kenny Pickett, whether you like Mitch Trubisky, he played a great game and he deserves uh, every bit of accolades for the game that he played in week 15. So let's get this super chat here. Sean Manahan, give us $2. Says, oh, looking forward to Christmas Eve down under. Oh, I, I hope they come through. <laughs> <laughs> they, they had said multiple times that they, yeah. they were good to go. Because remember, it'll be Christmas afternoon for them. So that'll be, yeah. they're really excited about it. For sure. Steelers fans in New England gives us four ninety nine. Said, so nice to have the quarterback sneak and the play calling Arsenal again. It is crazy. It's not just Mitch. I mean, Kenny Pickett's done a really great job with quarterback sneaks. He's had a lot of touchdowns rushing touchdowns this season. So uh, it, it's good to see that. And I'm glad Dave brought that up because Mitch did end up with a rushing touchdown, even though he did not pass for one. So let's, let's talk about the, the receivers, the pass catchers first, before we go on to the running game uh, the Steelers receiving Deontay Johnson. This is what's impressive. He had 10 targets and most people would say, uh, 10 targets. He had 10 catches. The guy yeah. did not drop a pass thrown his way. 98 yards for a 9.8 average, no touchdowns along of 19 George Pickens had five targets. That's headed in the right direction. He only had two catches, 53 yards, and a long of 38. Jalen Warren was one for 11. Sims, one for 10. Gentry, one for four. The one name we're missing here, folks, Pat Fryermuth wasn't even targeted in this game. I, I, I have this. The, the One of my biggest complaints, and I'll say it here, is before I throw it to Dave and, and Brian, I don't like how in this offense it seems like, regardless of quarterback, Regardless of weapons available, there's always one player who just completely disappears and it just gone off the radar. It's typically it's been George Pickens. Today it was Pat Fryermuth. I, I really don't understand that. Maybe I, I maybe I just don't understand it. I don't know. But Dave, what were your thoughts on the pass catchers today? All right. Well, with, with Pat Fryermuth, I don't remember who it was, but it was it was one of the Steelers reporters at the game was saying that it seemed like Pat Fryermuth was not playing as many snaps. And that could have been because he, you know, he didn't practice for two for two days foot with that injury. foot injury. Yeah. Was he? And was he? I'm trying to remember. Was he limited or full on Friday? I, who cares at this point? Yeah, but he great. went to play in the game, and it it might even have been one of those things that hey, we're not gonna we're we're not gonna push him too much if we don't have to. So that way you have him when you really need him. That could be it. I don't know if the Panthers were specifically trying to take him away. If if the Steelers have three big targets in the passing game between Frere Muth, Johnson, and and Pickens. Yeah. And, a, and a team is trying to take one of them away and the other two thrives. I don't care. I really don't. You know, as long as the other two are getting the job done. And George Pickens, you know, for pulling in the, the long pass, doing what he needs to do. Deontay Johnson catching every ball that was thrown to him. Had the penalty, um, which was – I think he just wanted the Steelers to go over 100 yards on that drive. Um, who knows? But uh, that was – I thought if George Pickens can do that because Deontay Johnson's doing what he's doing, that's great. And when Deontay Johnson's not doing what he's doing today and George Pickens does more, that's great. It really doesn't matter how it all falls out as long as it's getting done and these guys can keep their egos in check and their patience in check and realize, hey, the, the ball will go around a little bit, but eventually when we need you, when they focus on somebody else, that's when we really need you. And be sure to check out at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com every 
day after the game, Jeffrey Benedict does a really great snap count article where he breaks down by, you know, personnel packages that they use. I'm sure he'll dive into the tight end numbers. That'll be really interesting to see. But Brian, what were your thoughts on the pass catchers? Well, let's talk about Pat Fryermuth first. You know, quarterbacks have their go-to guy. And it seems like Kenny's more of Kenny's go-to guy. He likes to go to Pickens a good bit. He likes to go to Fryermuth. He has more of a connection. Now, he does throw a lot of targets Deontay Johnson's way. I get that. But it seems like I, I knew Mitch Trubisky would go to Deontay Johnson a lot because there was a lot of comfort with them from the beginning of the season when – even in uh, training camp, because those two were the number one guys at that particular time. So even though Deontay Johnson is calling for a different quarterback, he was on the same page with Mitch Trubisky. So, I mean, Deontay Johnson did a really good job. He played a smart game. He played his game. He had the quarterback targeting him. He had a lot of targets. Kudos to him. I will say this because I cannot let it go. Um, Jeff, I'm sure you're going to have winners and losers, and I'm sure Deontay Johnson is on your winners list, but I would uh, challenge you to put discipline on the, uh, on the losers list, because I tell you what, that we're going to talk about Marcus Allen later, but Deontay Johnson getting in a face after that catch and, uh, you know, possibly jeopardizing, you know, a touchdown and a scoring, a scoring chance in that situation. He's darn lucky because he could have cost that team big time today. I, I, I still look, I get it. Somebody said in the live chat, you know, if that's the biggest problem, I'll take it every time. Yeah, but come on, that can cost you big time. There's still a lot of room for him to get his head in the game. And I think when he gets his head in the game, he's going to be much, he's going to be great. He has that potential to be great, but his head is keeping him out of the game because he's, still ticked off at somebody. And so I, I still would love to see him grow up a whole lot more. I think he's mad. He hasn't gotten in the end zone yet. Like, I, th- I think that's probably one of his biggest frustrations, but you know, you're, you're right. And did anyone else notice that this game just seemed really chippy for an NFC South oh, yeah. versus AFC North game? I mean, <laughs> this, this reminded me of like a Ravens or Browns game, or you're thinking like it's a divisional game. Admit they're shoving each other afterwards. Go ahead, but when, go ahead, Brian. Well, well, all I'm going to say is these they know each other really well because they play that last preseason game against each other every single year. And yeah. they didn't last year. I right. get it. But they would always play that last preseason game. And it went for about eight, ten years. And it, see, it always seems like they're very similar because, well, they have a, a former – you know, Steeler minority owner that is the owner there in Mr. Tepper. You have the fact that they were, when they were built in 1995, they were built, Jerry Richardson built them in the mind and the mold of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They, I have always felt that they were very similar teams. And, uh, you know, I would also think it would be chippy because of, you know, the seven to one advantage now that the Pittsburgh Steelers have. I think Carolina wants to beat them, but it felt like a division game. Yeah. Dave, what were you going to say? I was going to say when, when, when it's two teams that are really just wanting to run the ball, it comes down to the trenches. And when it comes down to the trenches, you're talking about physicality more than finesse. When you're talking about physicality, you're talking about sometimes it's the chippiness. I mean, even with the wide receivers getting in involved on it, uh, some of those those plays, especially in the first half with 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 Najee running around the 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 left side, you had some really nice blocks from your wide receivers and things like that. So when it when you're doing a lot of blocking and 
guys are getting blocked, that's why sometimes you get to be a little bit more 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 chippy in in that aspect because the 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 line offensive linemen and the receivers and everyone they're getting to actually go downfield and hit somebody rather than just sit back and 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 wait for them to get to them when they're trying to to to, to pass block. So I think because of that, the physicality of that it just brings that out. You saw some players though that normally don't get involved in that type of stuff. Najee Harris is normally pretty level headed. Uh, you don't see him jawing or kind of getting in someone's face at least i haven't i've seen every snap of his career uh he was today and so was someone like Minka fitzpatrick on the defensive side of the ball he was going up against linemen (laughs) make that you might not want to take that fight but still (laughs) it was pretty chippy and this is this uh super chat's going to give us a good segue into the running game of the steelers and dave kind of brought that up in the trenches crystal privet gives us two dollars said who's my baby Najee got a kill for 100 yards this is true he has not had a hundred yard game yet this season. And that is, that's notable. I think for sure. I mean, when you talk about Deontay Johnson, hasn't had a touchdown. Well, Najee Harris hasn't even had a hundred yards from scrimmage yet. Um, He finishes. Let's talk about the running game. Najee Harris, 24 carries, 86 yards, 10 yard long. He did score a touchdown, 3.6 yard average. Jalen Warren, 11 for 38. He had a nine yard long. He also scored a touchdown. Steven Sims had that nice, well, he had one, they had one really bad jet sweep end around that was a negative yard. And then he ended up with, that was a minus three. And then he ended up with 19 yards rushing and a 22 yard long. Yeah. You got to love that when you have your, when yeah. the long is longer than your total. <laughs> no, you're right. And uh, so the, the Steelers, you know, you look at the running game, Trubisky, obviously right. six carries for nine. Derek Watt had a touch. He's still perfect. Two. Every time yes, he's he touched the ball, it's been you're a right. first down. Well, when he's been, when he's rushed the ball every time it's been a first down. Yeah. So the the Steelers ran the ball well, but you know what's interesting since we just talked about the pass catchers, the Steelers only had one play of over 20 yards in this game. And that was that Steven Sims end around for 22. They just controlled the clock and that that was a big part of the running game. So let's talk about that. Dave, what did you think about the running attack for the Steelers? They didn't have many negative plays. They rarely had plays that weren't gaining um, many yards, like two yards or less. So therefore they were being ahead of the chains, lots of third down opportunities, but lots of manageable third down opportunities. They were doing what they need to do. The line was getting some push. And even when they weren't, there was often a nice little crevice for a running back to get through. It just seemed like it all came together more. You didn't have like a big blown assignment where someone could just come through and blow up in the backfield. That happened a couple times, but, uh, yeah, I'm I'm surprised the Steelers ran that jet sweep on that third down. They ran it quick, and it actually made sense to do it there to catch Carolina where they weren't looking for it as much because when they were looking for it earlier, they threw it for a loss. So they came up and tried to catch them when they weren't ready for it, and it busted it for a big play. But uh, all, all in all, I mean, you've got to be happy for both of these running backs doing what they did today. Brian, what about you? What were your thoughts on the running game? Well, I thought it was a pounding attack. I, I really thought – this running game that we saw from the Pittsburgh Steelers was going to be done by the team in home black, the Carolina Panthers. And I really liked the way they did it. I want to get back to uh, Miss Privet's, you know, question there, you know, who does he have to kill? Well, I, I don't think he needs to kill anybody because I think this is a part of the plan. He can get a lot of hundred yard games and they don't win. You know, yeah. what they really need, this balanced attack keeps Najee fresh. 
it's because I had a, one of my buddies texted me and said, hey, is Najee hurt? Because it was one of the uh, early drives. I think it was in the first or the second where you saw a lot of uh, number 30, Jalen Warren. And so I'm thinking, no, they're, it's just a part. They're, they're not completely going into two back. It's not a committee yet. It's not completely a committee, but it's, uh, I'm not even going to say it's trending that way, but it, it reminds me of the old Buffalo Bills with Thurman Thomas and Kenneth Davis when, when you saw him spell him that much. And it almost feels like he's getting an opportunity to get a breather and not beat himself up. You know, 100 yard would be nice, but that's just for the stat sheet. You know, getting over a thousand yards. And when I said a thousand yards, somebody last week said, Well, that's not a big deal in a 17 game season. It still is. It's still it's still a benchmark that you want to reach. And he's fairly close to that. And you know, usually when it was a 16 game season, if you ran 70 yards, around 70, 73 yards a game, you were going to get to that thousand yard mark. So if he keeps on putting up these 70s, 80s, 90s, even though he doesn't get a hundred, he can get to a thousand, eleven hundred easily and go ahead and be in the equation of one of the best backs again. So this, what started out as a, a, a bad season, now you have a guy with six touchdowns and you have a, a guy that's really running hard and hitting people and forearming. I mean, like he wants to stiff arm people. He wants to, I, I guess NFL network or whoever is calling it the, uh, uh, gosh, they're the scepter. nickname. In the good morning football. Yeah. Scepter. It's angry runs called? and you win the scepter. the scepter. He won it. Yeah. He won it I last mean, week. I think he was going for it with that stiff arm in the end zone. Yeah. Too. I mean, I, I, I really do. I mean, he's just pounding people. He's running, he's running angry. Yeah, and I, yeah I right at my so. right at my boy Jeremy Chin, like my favorite player, Jeremy Chin. <laughs> Jeremy Chin, well, <laughs> take it on the chin. <laughs> there you go. Um, you're you're forever going to be acquainted yeah. with Jeremy Chin. Yeah. I love Jeremy Chin. He's my well, favorite. Can, can I answer the the question of the of I forgot to answer the specific question from the the super chat of it says who does Najee need to kill to to, oh, okay. to, <laughs> to get a hundred yards? You know what the answer is. It's a safety. He needs to run over a safety. In other words, in order for him to get 100 yards, I think he has to bust one that's very significant, like yeah. 25 yards. If he can get one run of 25 yards or more and they and they give him 20 carries, I think that puts him over 100 yards. So that's – he could get there, but I, I don't – I think Najee Harris is more content knowing that the Steelers ran the ball well as a team and won this game than him hitting 100 yards. Yeah, and, and his long run today was ten yards. So yeah. he, he's he's a grinder right now. Like he's just grinding out. If he gets over three and a half yards per carry, which he did in this game, he had three point six. I'm ecstatic with with his workload if he's getting that because if he's getting three point six and they're giving him the rock enough, twenty four carries against the Panthers, then they're going to set up third and manageable. This is yeah. a good segue here. Tyler W gives us two dollars. Thank you, Tyler, longtime listener and viewer of the show. It's a game ball for the uh, O line, the run and pass blocking A plus. So he says the offensive line's performance was fantastic. Let's talk about that offensive line. And Dave, we go to you first. You're the offensive line guru. What'd you think? Yeah, I I was very happy with their performance. I felt that the Steelers had a specific game plan of how they were going to run the ball, and they executed it. So it, it was both scheme and execution. I think that this offensive line, if part of me almost wants to go back and watch 
I mean, I could say week one, but like, like I saw somewhere on Twitter, like, look at this offensive line, how they were against the Jacksonville Jaguars in the preseason and look at them now. And you, you wouldn't even, other than wearing the same numbers, you probably wouldn't recognize them. They have done a nice job growing together. It's, it really is to their advantage that they've all started every game. I mean, I know Mason Cole missed half of the game in there. And Chooksy Core 4 has missed one snap. Other than that, they've played them all together. Uh, I just think that they, when they know what everyone's doing, we saw what happened last week. We saw the play that that got Kenny Pickett spinning into another player that then ended up getting the big hit on him, where they just didn't have the right communication of who was blocking who. When they're all on the same page and they can just work together, I think they do a nice job. Brian, what were your thoughts on the offensive line? This was a team win, but they do not win without this offensive line. Kudos to them. I mean, I do not believe, I, I'm not sure what the penalties were, but it did not seem like the Steelers were getting nailed with too many penalties penalties early in this game. And then, you know, towards the end, there was discipline. There was, the, you know, crazy stuff that they were getting nailed towards the end. But I don't think the offensive line, the only thing I remember is Kevin Dotson, you know, going off sides and then, then it getting negated because uh, you know Carolina went offside, mm-hmm. so they had an encroachment. So I mean, I really don't think there was much on the offensive line. They did everything that they needed to do, and then some. They were a strength for in this game, and we talked about how many times where they were the weak link. Well, that chain has been reinforced. You know, a welder got in there and put them together, and they are. I I swear that these guys probably, you know, eat together, shower together, sleep together, go on Tinder together, date together, do whatever together, because they are one solid piece right now. So I don't want to jump the gun here, but I've said it. A lot of other people on our podcast network have said it, that the left side of the line is an issue. Most everyone's happy with the right, with Chooks, Daniel, Cole, even at the center position. Mm-hmm. but that the left side is a weakness. But then you see games like this game. They've got to be consistent. Yeah, that's the question. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and this is why, you know, I, I know that Kevin Smith said this before the Ravens game. You know, there's, there's five games left, and this is a five-game trial for a lot of players, and especially those two on the left side. If they could put out – Dan Moore, I'm talking about Dan Moore and Kevin Dodson, for those that don't know who I'm talking about. If they can put together that type of performance for the rest of this season against the teams they're going to play, then the Steelers are going to have to say, well, well do we really need to get – uh, you know, a, a left guard early, or can we get one in the middle rounds? It's going to make things interesting, and I hope they do play well because when you see these performances like they had against Carolina, and you're thinking they they can do it, they're capable of it, but you just, like you said, Dave, it's got to be consistent. Yeah. Got to be consistent. That's to me. That's Kevin Dotson in a nutshell. He could yeah. he can show that he can be so nasty, but then he just kind of mentally checks out. You know, we even saw it a little bit where, you know, because to me, when when a lot of times a fall started, unless there's other circumstances, it's usually a, a mental thing. So we'll we'll see what he does with the next three games. We shall see. Last question that we always have to bring up because everyone loves to blame this guy, and that is the <laughs> offensive coordinator, and that would be none other than Matt Canada. Dave, what did you think about the play calling in this game? Um, play calling looks good when players execute. 
I mean, yeah. you, you could you could take those same plays that are being called and the players don't execute and it looks terrible and looks like he has no idea what he's doing. It really takes a mesh of calling good plays and the players executing them, having them ready to go in practice. And you have to admit, my goodness, they split time with the two quarterbacks and yet they were well-prepared enough you know, maybe that just maybe they got a few more offensive reps because they were trying to work more offense with because of two quarterbacks, and that really helped. But the offense seemed to be much more in sync along with the play calling. It's it's just got to all work together. So so to me, it's it's all of it together that I was happy with. Brian, you've been known to be vocal about your disdain for Matt Canada. Were you happy with this performance in terms of his play calling? I was absolutely happy with this performance, you know, and now this is where I actually feel terrible because I'm going to go ahead and say that they did not have to go ahead and they didn't have to change things on the fly. And that's where I think Matt Canada struggles. If they had to go ahead and adjust, I don't know if they would have had the same success, but I don't want to rain on a parade. So I'm going to just shut the heck up right now and say, good job, Matt Canada. Oh, Canada. But but you're right, Brian. You're right. Because when the Steelers can have a game plan and they can implement that game plan, they look like a whole different team than one that the other team forces them away from their game plan. You're, you're exactly right. There was only one brain fart call that I remember from this game, and that was the the around midfield. I'm okay with taking a shot, and they run the jet sweep end around for a minus three yards, and I'm thinking, oh, I just I would not have run that play at that time. That's just me. That might be nitpicking, but I thought Matt Canada had a great a great game. Uh, you, I'm not a huge fan of the guy, but I'm willing to admit that he did a good job. That, like Dave said, the players executed the game plan. And uh, I'm sure there will always be people that want him gone. But again, if he continues to do his job, they might they might keep him. Just saying, don't yeah. kill the messenger. All right, we're going to take a quick break. For on the audio side, you're going to hear a word from our sponsors. For those that are watching on YouTube and Facebook, don't go anywhere because we're not going anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply. All right. Steeler fans, we are back. We talked about the offense in the first part of this show. We talked about everything from the quarterback to the coordinator. And now we're going to go to the defense. Before we do that, Sean Manahan gives us $2. Says the Bucks, meaning the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, are beating the Bengals. Yeah, that's great. That's a, at this stage with the Steelers. It's like the Steelers uh, are eliminated from the North. Why is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to trust me. Yeah. I'd be happy to see the Bengals lose. Yes. But, you know, yep. it is what it is. All right. Let's talk about the defense. Uh, the 
the the pass the passing attack for Carolina. This was interesting. I didn't think I, everyone said the same thing. You know, uh, when I talked with Jeremy Betts on my Let's Ride podcast on Friday, when he was talking about the Falcons, they're not going to give up on the run, and they didn't. And they ran the ball well. Then the Ravens, they're not going to give up on the run, and they didn't. And they ran the ball well. And you were thinking that the the Panthers were going to follow that same path. They go three and out on their opening possession. The Steelers go down and score a touchdown, and then the Steelers are just stopping the run repeatedly. And then it's almost as if they said, well, we're going to have to throw it. Sam Darnold finishes 14 of 23 for 255, 9.8 average, one touchdown. And he was sacked four times for 37 yards, a 108.1 rating. Uh, guys, what, what, did what you, yardage did you have him at? 225. Okay, yeah, 225. They take gotcha. off the sack yardage, it's 188. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So is that what you have? Yes, you said 255. Okay. So, yeah, so that, I thought that was right. Yeah. So then the receiving, we'll talk about them as well. We'll just talk about the pass uh, defense first. DJ Moore, five for 73 on six targets. Chubba Hubbard had the big run of 45, catch and run for 45 yards. He had 57 total. Terrence Marshall Jr. had uh, 51 yards, a 40-yard long. They had big plays through the air. Even, uh, is it Shy Smith? I don't even know who that guy is. He had a 24-yard long. They had four receivers with 20 or more yard uh, plays in this game. When the Steelers got torched, it was through the air, and a lot of people are pointing the fingers at the secondary. Dave, what did you think about the uh, Steelers' pass defense in this game? I think the Steelers were determined that they weren't going to get beat on the ground, and they were not going to – it's not that they put their secondary in a bad position. They just weren't putting them in the best position because they were doing everything they could – to worry about the run and say, hey, guys, we just need you to make plays out here on the back end. We're not going to give you a lot of help and was going to force the Panthers to beat them through the air. I think that was the strategy. I think the Panthers saw that that's where they were going to possibly have more success, especially on the drive that drove down and and, and scored the touchdown to tie it up early in the game. But that was it. And, and the Steelers – I like that they didn't waver. They continued to make sure that they were shutting down the run. And the biggest thing that they did to adjust was get more pressure on the quarterback. Um, so so to me, it it's really hard to defend an NFL team against everything. So when you really focus on one thing, sometimes the other thing happens. It's really, really tough when you're giving up third and longs. And yeah. I mean, and, and that was, and that was the one drive that they scored a touchdown when they gave up um, repeated third and longs where the, cause the, they were running it on first and second down and having, and getting negative yardage. So I'm, I'm not going to beat up the run defense. I'd have to re- not run defense, sorry, pass defense, because I'd have to really go back and look at it or ask someone more equipped than me at looking at secondaries like KT Smith to break that down and say, hey, were they basically saying we're not going to have as many guys in the secondary and we want you guys to make to make plays. Um, and, and that's what happened. And you also have to remember there at the end, the Steelers were up 11 points and they didn't, they with a minute left, and they were going to let Carolina get some yards to get down there because yeah. it didn't matter as long as they tackled them in bounds. Yep. Brian, what were your thoughts on the pass defense of the Steelers? Well, once again, I talked about at the beginning it being a complete game, and I thought the pass defense was a part of the complete game. I saw some nice breakups there as well. I don't know how many pass defenses that they are getting credited with. I, you know, one thing that, you know, sticks in your mind is that, you know, long pass on Carolina's first, uh, second drive, I guess, when they uh, 
came down and they threw, I think it was to Terrace Marshall and it was Pierre that got completely lost on that. And it was really, it was really weird. But after that, I thought that was the most egregious play. The, the biggest thing they, they gave up, you know, that, that 42 yarder to Chuba or how, however long it was, I know it was in the forties, you know, that's, that's another where you're like, all right, they gave up one on the ground and he had a lot of yards after the catch there where they just didn't stop him. I don't think they let Sam Darnold dominate them whatsoever. I thought uh, they played a pretty good game as far as that goes. Were they the weak link in this game? Yeah, but the weak link was not even close to killing them. So if the if that's the weak link, I'm going to take that every single week because I don't think they were that bad. This Steelers secondary is built upon having a pass rush that doesn't require them to cover for very long and when the Steelers were getting gashed they were typically not getting home and when they started to get home late in the second half is when all of a sudden well those big plays weren't happening as much or I mean, every now and then you'd have like that Hubbard play where he he beats Spillane and that's a tough ask of Robert Spillane to stay with someone like Chuba Hubbard Chuba whatever however you say his name and uh he scampers for 45 yards so that's tough, and that's a good segue into the pass rush because the Steelers did get to Darnold four times. They were credited, the Steelers were, with six quarterback hits. T.J. Watt had two. Uh, Cameron Hayward had two. Larry O. and Alex Highsmith both had one. In terms of sacks, Highsmith had one, and then T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward both had one and a half. So they did get to the quarterback more than they had been in the last few weeks. What did you all think of the pass rush, Dave? Go ahead. I thought I thought they I don't know exactly what they did, but it was better in the second half. Um, that it didn't seem like Sam Donald Darnold, and I actually mean Sam Donald, not number ten for the Steelers that they kept calling Sam Darnold. Yeah, um, <laughs> I forgot about that. Counted at least That's three. Um, that that uh, he wasn't he couldn't be as comfortable in the second half, um, and even into the second quarter after that opening drive not opening drive, but after their first scoring drive, it, it seemed like he, he couldn't be co as comfortable because they were, they were annoying him enough. My goodness, Cam Hayward just seems like he would just push somebody out of the way and go at times. Um, so the pass rush got better as the game went on. And I think that's what kept uh, Carolina from, from finding the end zone again. What about you, Brian? what did you think about the pass rush? Man, I thought they were after it. I thought they were swarming. I, I really like that. I talked about, uh, you know, Larry O early as far as in the uh, in the run game. I thought he was effective in the uh, pass rushing game. You know, you had other guys just getting in there. Gosh, I mean, TJ Watt was in there a couple of times. I know, you know, one and a half sacks. Man, did uh, did Cam look good? Did Cam look rejuvenated in this game? Yeah, Cam looked fast. Cam looked young today. You know, so I, I liked everything that I saw from pass rush. And, you know, we just talked about the pass defense. And because of that pass rush, that helped the pass defense. You know, that's always going to help your secondary when you have a good pass rush. So that helped lead to the complete game. Yeah, the, the, the pass rush started to get home. And, and then there were a couple times Darnold – He's more elusive than people give him credit for. He's not a statue back there. He is capable of running. And, uh, man, close, just so close. And you're watching him like, oh, TJ, get him. Or Highsmith was close. Uh, good. I thought the pass rush started to generate something there and uh, something to hang on to. I, I think that the Steelers, I, I agree with Cam. He looked great. I thought he looked really young. He was getting some really good push. 
so maybe he's just been banged up. We'll see. Uh, Crystal Privet gives us another $2. She said, shout out to Tomlin. That timeout was genius at the goal line. I'm trying to think. I, I usually don't like those, but it seemed like they, that was after the pass interference. They had run one play. Yeah. And then after that, I think, was it was it two straight negative plays after that? I know there was at least a sack in there. Yeah. So, But they, they just kind of they needed to reset something. So I want to throw it over to uh, – well, the, the run defense is going to be – it's important. You would talk about the front four you, or the front seven. You got to talk about how the fact the Steelers held the, the Carolina Panthers, of all teams, to 16 carries, 21 yards, a 1.3-yard average, and a long run of five yards. That's insane. That's in a 24 to 16 game. This was not, you know, Pittsburgh at Buffalo and it's 35, nothing. And you got to throw your way back into it. it. That was not this game, but that rush defense was legit. Dave, what did you think? 10%. They gave up less than 10% of the yards they gave up last week. Yeah. That's when you look think. at that 10% of what they did last week. That, I mean, you're playing a different team, but this was a team that had just the reason they were getting back into things and had won two games in a row was because they had reestablished their rushing attack. And the Steelers said, nope, that's not the way you're going to beat us. Larry O set the tone early for this team. They basically, the defensive line, who that was my X factor going into this game. And I think I knocked that one out of the park. I don't know about you, Jeff, although yours was pretty good too. Yeah. Larry O at the beginning of this game, he was reestablishing the line of scrimmage, a yard in the backfield when they went to run the ball. He would, and it wasn't just him, but he was just a guy that seemed that he was right there all the time. I thought Alex Highsmith was great in the run game. He had that forced fumble in there. Um, I just, they, the Steelers focused in on it and said, you're not going to beat us this way. It, it, it was great. What about you, Brian? Rush defense was pretty awesome, but what were your thoughts? I, I tell you what, I, I'm just going to go ahead to uh, the movie Princess Bride. And <laughs> you know you know that Wallace Shawn, that famous quote, inconceivable. And I'm going to say that over and over. I never thought that they would limit this running attack to uh, – what you said 29 yards, Dave? 21. 21 yards. Oh my god. 21. I mean, I, That's you know, insane. And we just talked about Sam Darnold could run. And we heard about that before this game, too. And now so that's doing everything that you, you set out to do. And when Jeff Hartman says domination, there's proof. <laughs> I mean, 21 yards in it. Like I said, this isn't a blowout game where you have to throw your way back into it. I mean, yeah, they had every opportunity. Go ahead, Dave. What do you want to say? No, I was just going to say because I said it before. It, it's just, it's just crazy that the Steelers two times this year have, have held a team. They were both NFC South teams um, to under 30 yards rushing, and both times Miles Jack didn't play a snap on defense. Yeah. So I go. don't know. I don't know cause and effect. I don't know if it's they were stepping up. I don't know if it's because he wasn't there. They were doing something special schematically to cover for it, which I don't think was would have been the same thing in either game. But whatever they whatever they cooked up, it worked. So uh, the Steelers finished four zero against NFC South teams. Uh, they they finished the sweep. So six wins, four of them against the NFC South. And four against the AFC East. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah, good point. Oh my gosh. So five hundred between those two. Hey, real quick question, because you all watch the games like I do. 
And sometimes you watch things that most fans might not be watching for. Anyone else notice that Mike Tomlin was had had a uh, play card with him today on the sideline? See that? I you know what? I don't think I I paid attention. You have to go back if you recorded the game. There was a play where oh, yeah. someone gets a first down. It might have been Mitch quarterback sneak. It was close, or maybe it was Najee, and he points a card. I'm like, well, damn, that's a that's a play card. Mike Tomlin normally doesn't have a play card with me. With him, that that was very interesting. The last wow. time I saw him with a card like that was hmm. last season when he had to call the plays, defensive calls, when Keith Butler was told because of COVID protocols he couldn't travel with the team. Hmm. So just saying, like if you watch that game back or you're watching it again, see if it was. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe my eyes are deceiving me, but I, I thought that was very interesting. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that I – I would have uh, picked that up. I did notice that Mike Tomlin was very animated, even more animated today. I I think he was fired up. Yeah. And he said it in his post-game press conference where he talked about the run defense the last six quarters. You know, I mean, he's a defensive guy. I think when his defense is giving up that man, that amount of yards on the ground, that that's a slap in his face as much as anyone else's. So, all right, let's talk about the penalties. Because I think this is important to have. It's a well, special teams with special teams, and you can talk about Presley Harvin, and he finishes three kicks for forty-five point three average, and it was oh, the that greatest. was almost a beautiful play. It was almost a beautiful almost. play. James Pierce toe barely on the line. Can I ask you a quick question before you get one from that? Yeah, sure. Some people are thinking that the Steelers should have gone for it there because they were in on the Panthers fourth territory fourth and three, right? Yeah. I think you played the numbers game. I would have kicked it. Too. I was fine with him kicking it there too. Yeah. Yeah. Brian. Yep. I, okay. I was all for it. I, you know, it's, it's the feel of the game and they had that right feel. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. It's okay. The, the Steelers were penalized seven times for 81 yards in this game. Six and of them for 76 in the second half. Wow. That is it. That's incredible. And I just can't get over for the life of me. And I said, we're going to talk about this later. The Marcus Allen penalty. <laughs> Here we go. I mean, this is a this was a dead ball foul. The Steelers had just sacked Darnold. Back to back. Back to back sacks. Alex Highsmith, Cam Hayward to get off the field. They're out of field goal range. You're gonna have to punt the ball. It was fourth and twenty-seven. A, during yeah. a TV timeout. <laughs> during a TV timeout, he runs over to the Carolina side of the field. And is saying something to a player, then goes, keeps going, and is trying to get into like the Panthers huddle. I'm I'm assuming he was just trying to be funny, a la Vince Williams when he laid down next to DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> and, on and Christmas. Was that on Christmas? Yeah, that was yeah. A, that was the Christmas game. It was, it was a blowout. <laughs> I don't know if he's trying to be funny or something, but what in the hell is going on? That was the <laughs> dumbest. Deontay Johnson being fired up and jawing at a guy. I get it. Everyone's always had those battles with someone. And then you finally get the best of them and you stand up and go, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. This made no sense. And Mike Tomlin was asked about it. And he said he didn't know what was going on. And I get it. You're a coach well, at a timeout. You're doing something. His, you're, you're his, not his just first, standing his there. first answer was it cost us three points. Which was, it cost more than three points. It cost no, way more than three points. But it I'm just saying, on that drive, it gave them, it gave them no, three know, points. Yeah. Right, but from the grand, you know that from that moment on, that game changed. It was mm-hmm. tilted so far in Pittsburgh's direction after this back-to-back sacks. It gave them new life. I, I don't understand it. 
I can't even try and justify what the heck that guy was thinking. But I mean, there's people in our Slack channel like he needs to be cut tomorrow. Brian, would you cut him tomorrow? Absolutely not. I mean, you're not cutting a guy for that. You're uh, <laughs> you're you're having a conversation with him. Uh, you, I mean, if you here's the progression: you bench him. But I don't even think they don't bench him, a him because they need him. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. You yeah. just don't say, "All right, you're cut." There's some value to Marcus Allen. Marcus Allen makes plays on special teams. He does some things. He, but he is not a good enough player to be going in to the uh, other team's huddle to go on, on the sidelines. He's like, talk. It's almost like it looked like the end of the game when you're going to shake hands and say hello to everybody. I mean, I don't know what he was doing, what he was thinking. I don't know what sense of entitlement you have. Um, you could possibly bench the guy, but not, you're not cutting a guy for that. I mean, I know Shannon White. I can't wait to talk to him tomorrow on the, on the hangover because <laughs> he wants him cut um, yeah. because of that. You know, it's Mike Tomlin will have a conversation with him, just like Mike Tomlin had the conversation with Deontay Johnson when he, he made that play. But if you notice, Deontay Johnson was going like this. He was looking away. He wasn't taking anything in. I think if Marcus Allen is smart, he takes everything in and just says, hey, I was fired up. And uh, just say, but it's a don't ever do this again. I mean, I, I'm getting out my, uh, uh, I'm telling James Gammon, the uh, Lou Brown from Major League, don't ever do it again. <laughs> So, so I guess I was so fired up that I ran to the opposing sideline and tried <laughs> to get into their huddle. Like, this is where it makes no sense. I would love for him to go on social media or type. We, no one will, for all we know, there's already been reporters asking him about it, and it's been reported. But since the show started, we don't know. Um, I have his text, right? I have his text in my phone. No, okay. <laughs> should, should we go ahead and should we go ahead and call him? <laughs> uh, I don't think he's going to be answering that one, Brian. I don't, I don't think, think he is so. either. I don't. He's only think answered so. it once. <laughs> uh, who? It's it's Brad. Brad is the guy that was the, the, that's yeah. the Marcus Allen hookup. Come on, Brad, tell us what happened um, in the live chat. That wasn't. This is how ridiculous that was because I kind of brought it up when when Evgeny brought it up as a super chat in the first half. It wasn't even a play. It wasn't even the continuation of a play. I understand when you do something. Um, I'm not saying that it's right or that it's smart or that it's justifiable, but look at the Deontay Johnson thing. He was all fired up after he, you know, took on the guys and didn't go out of bounds or play soft like some people like to accuse him of doing and fought for that first down. And he came up fired up and let it get let it get to him too much, cost the 15-yard penalty. But after the play, it gave him the first down, and they still had a first and 10. It cost them field position is what that ultimately did. So sometimes you have to look at that as well. But with Marcus Allen, it, he wasn't on the field the play before. The, they're still in timeout. There's not anything to be fired up over. I don't know if there's someone that he's a good friend, that was good friends with. He was going over to say something to. That's not the time to do it. It is so crazy. You can't explain it. But I've been waiting to use this line ever since I saw it in the in the final episode of the Santa Clauses this week. Um, that, that that's out is that yes, Marcus Allen. There's no I in team, and now. There's no you in tomorrow. <laughs> I saw that last night, actually. <laughs> I love it. 
I, I so what you guys were saying, like maybe there was already an apology issue. So I went to Twitter because I have okay. a list of all the players. And no, he did not say anything, but Vince Williams did. And he said, I can't judge Chico, who he's referring to uh, Marcus Allen, too harshly. Mm-hmm. I've had some pretty stupid penalties myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one. I mean, no matter what he was thinking, it was not good thinking. Yeah, it, it yeah. was egregious. It was, it was terrible. It was up, terrible. But it, the, the reason why still doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter other than to, to feed our curiosity. Yeah, really. That's <laughs> boneheaded. That, that, yeah. And if, if it would have gone south from there, let's say they ter- score a touchdown there and it really tilts the game. They, That's when you turn to the official and say, I'm so sorry. I thought this was my sidelines. I messed up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, something like that. I, I don't know what he was doing. Oh, there's a different tone to the show, a different title to the <laughs> yes. show. Marcus Ellen screws this up. And yeah, I, a lot of people are calling for his head, and then we might be able to justify that a you can better. you can laugh about it because the Steelers won 24 to 16 correct correct all right let's wrap this show up Dave what are your final thoughts final thoughts okay now I haven't been able to look at every game today because we're we're here I haven't been able to, to, to dig through those stats but assuming that this hasn't happened in any other game today there has now been six NFL games in the 2022 season Okay, six out of, you know, how many there's games there are each week? How many total games are? That's a lot of games. Only six in which a team held an opposing team to under 30 yards rushing. And the Pittsburgh Steelers have done it twice. So now, were they playing the the uh, an offensive juggernaut or defensive or any juggernaut at all this week? No. And some people are like, you know, you're talking of getting excited about a win over, over the Panthers. That's true. The Panthers are now five and nine. They're still in their division race, which is crazy. But the thing is, when you play a team that that you should, you know, you look at these two teams and that they should be on the same level based on their record, based on all the other numbers that I spewed out on StatGeek Thursday. And the Steelers came out and basically dominated the game. That's what you want to do when you play an opponent like this. You don't want to – sure, there'll be the poo-poo Steeler fans that love to say it was just the Panthers, so what if they only hold them to X number of yards? Though Teams don't hold teams to 30 yards rushing or less. They just don't do it, and the Steelers have done it twice this year. Unfortunately, when the games really matter, like last week, they gave up 200 and some. But you're, that's that's the NFL. But the fact that the Steelers came out and took care of business – when they needed to is is ultimately what's the positive thing from this game going forward. The I mean, they have no control over who they play or whatnot. Would you love to say, oh, they did this to the Kansas City Chiefs or the Buffalo Bills? No, that's not who they are playing this week. All you can do is get get your business done against your opponent, and the Steelers did it in a way. If it wasn't for that boneheaded penalty and other stuff, it just would have been an even more dominant performance than it would have been otherwise. So, good job, Steelers. Carry it into next week. It's a it's a semi short week. Uh, don't ruin our Christmas. Yeah, good one, Brian. What are your final thoughts? Man, this is why we watch the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is why we get excited about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Back in Let's go back to week eight when they got dominated by the Philadelphia Eagles and everybody was talking draft pick the season's over. And a lot of us cautioned everybody saying, you know, they are going to in the second half, they're going to win some games. So they're go for anybody who thinks they're going to get the top 
the number one pick in the draft, they're going, this is a team that's going to win some games. So right now they are six and eight. That's not where you want to be at this time of year, especially if you're trying to win a championship, they're not trying to win a championship. They're trying to get better to be a better team. But why do we watch the games? We watch the games to watch the Steelers win. We don't watch them to, you know, be excited that they're drafting earlier at the end of April. We don't really do that. We watch, we love the feeling when they win. And come on, can anybody deny that this is a great feeling right now? Because this is a fantastic feeling. I absolutely love it. You know, you might you might be able to say, hey, the Steelers are a, a bad team. You can say that. You could still say they're a bad team. That's fine. But they're the best of the bad teams right now, the way they've been playing. Yeah, for sure, and it gives hope. I think it gives hope for what's what, what might be to come. Not maybe not just this season, but also next. So uh, we'll be here to cover it for you every which way and sideways. So make sure you're checking out behind the steel curtain, not just on YouTube. If you want to follow us there, it's BTSC Steelers Radio. And then if you want to follow us on Facebook, just find us behind the steel curtain, Twitter BT Steel Curtain, and anywhere where you get your podcast, just search Steelers, and you'll find us. You can subscribe, follow whatever you have to do, so that you get all of our content, not just the post game show. My Let's Ride every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You can hear Brian on The Hangover. You can hear him on Bad Language on Mondays. You have Dave Statgeek, him and the Scobro Show with Big Bro Rich. You'll get it all wherever you get your podcast. So make sure you check us out there. We will not be back after the next game for the post game. The next post game we'll be back is, I guess, at, at Baltimore in two weeks. But you'll have some BTSC. You'll be back. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Now, about the three of back. us. Yeah. The three of us. Yeah, for those back. joining late, we we, yes. we laid that out earlier. Yeah. But Steelers win, so enjoy the victory Monday. Enjoy the week, and we'll be talking to you soon. Go Steelers. Everybody else gets a little tight. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.